This is the Canuck Central Post Game Show. Pass tipped to the back door, stopped by Kreider, rebound loose to the crease. They can't jam it home, but then they score eventually. Sabinishad for the left circle beats Casey to Smith, and the Rangers score twice on their five-on-three power play to take a 3-2 lead. And Rick Tockett is absolutely giving it. Philip Verona to the line for Carson Soucy. Drives the puck to the net. He scores! on the official home of the Canucks. Chris Kreider, left wing, across the Vancouver line, delays across to Keandre Miller, he scores! Miller gets the overtime winner, and the Rangers take it 4-3 tonight at Rogers Arena in Vancouver on a night that you have to say was marred by poor officiating. Sportsnet 650 and the Sportsnet Radio Network. Canucks drop a thriller in overtime, 4-3 against the New York Rangers. A valiant effort from the group. Probably deserved better than a blown call influencing the outcome of the game. But nonetheless, the Canucks pick up a point, continue the trend of playing really good hockey. And this is the Canucks Central Post Game Show. On the home of your Canucks, Sportsnet 650 and the Sportsnet Radio Network. Satyar Shaw with Bick Nazar. And we'll bring in Brett Festerling into the discussion in just a second. Get your thoughts in to our Dunbar Lumber text inbox, 650-650. You can also grab a phone line, 604-280-0650. And Brett, I mean, you guys were talking about it, you and Batch. This was one of the better games we've seen, or well, most well-played games we've seen from this group of hockey players, especially at Rogers Arena. They went toe-to-toe against a bona fide Stanley Cup contender that does not have any holes in its roster. It has an incredible power play. It has a strong PK. They're good five-on-five. And they have an absolute monster in net named Igor Shesterkin, who is... He was phenomenal tonight. The Canucks scored three goals. But they could have had five or six if it wasn't for Shesterkin with the number of saves he made, especially on Andre Kuzmenko, who's having nightmares already about facing Igor Shesterkin. But deserve better than how that game ended in overtime. Yeah, if you're a sports fan or a hockey fan, that was an incredible hockey game. That was really fun to watch. Um, Yeah, you know what? New York was better than I meant. Like, I knew how, like, after last year, heartbreaking loss to to New Jersey, and you knew they had these powerhouses, and they've come out, and the defense is good, and Shesterkin's good, and Panarin, just all of it. But they were better on the power play and PK, and Shesterkin was better than I, and Canucks held their own. Mm -hmm. And no, no part of that game did I think... Canucks aren't on par with these guys, and they can't do it. And that's with the Smith in that as well, yeah. right? So it shows you the confidence they've had in him and the team playing in front of him as well. That's the most encouraging thing to me is the fact that they made some mistakes. They were undisciplined. I, like that blow call, horrible, right? I do think a lot of the Canucks penalties were earned. I mean, it's a high stick, for instance, right? I mean, the interference is interference. Like they they did puck have some, over glass, puck, over puck glass. Over, like they had some undisciplined moments, but. In terms of how they played 5-on-5, five five, the fact that they showed they can go toe-to-toe against a team like the Rangers, and it's early in the year still, we all get it. Yeah. But in terms of your process, in terms of how they played 5-on-5, five five, they got fatigued in the third, you could tell. It's a second of a back-to-back. But that's what I'm most impressed by. This trend of getting better each game since that bad performance in Philly is getting stronger and stronger. And tonight was a real test on a second of a back-to-back, and they could have easily won this hockey game. For sure. I think it's, it's one of those... Uh, you know, from personal experience, every it's going to be a quiet room, guys, heads down, maybe some guys swearing, and it's going to be coaches coming yeah. in saying, hey, like, you're allowed to be mad right now, but you guys put in the effort. We'll lose those. If mm-hmm. those are the games we're losing, that's completely fine, and we're getting a point out of it. So head up, back to work tomorrow. 
good job tonight. Not the result we wanted, but the process we wanted. So that's a good sign. Especially when you look at all the moments when you know a team, any team, would traditionally fold, right? It's like there's that penalty, and then Myers provides the, the goal. They score two, and it's like, all right, well, we're down in only a couple of minutes. There's Carson Soucy. It's not only the discipline to stay engaged with the course of the game, because it was such a tight game. Nobody wanted to be the first one to make this egregious mistake or a goal-costing mistake. And every time, they were just there was the stick to mentally to stay engaged defensively, but just the resiliency to get back into the game as well. Yeah, and that's something that I think Canucks have done well this year is mm-hmm. just have answered those big mm-hmm. emotional swings and they've come back and show and how good Susie been I, I'm really impressed with Susie how he yeah. moves for six I mean they've all played well mm-hmm. but exactly for those guys to kind of mm-hmm. contribute and, and answer and Lafferty comes out and, and creates energy and cycling after goals against or bad calls against or whatever it is. So it's yeah, that mental stick to itiveness, as you said, is has been pretty pretty good to see from the Canucks. I wanted to ask you about the the, the, the specialty teams, uh, PK specifically. Now, five on three is, is a different reality, but it did look like uh, the Rangers, like with three guys down by the goal line, one in each post and one in front, and it just felt like it opened up these lanes. We saw, you know, the Fox goal and the other chances. Yeah. Is that how we're going to see teams kind of combat this Canucks penalty kill, which has had some success? It just the options down below and, and that, that diagonal seam pass just seemed like it was there. Yeah, if, if I'm Nashville, I'm watching that. I'm watching the Rangers PP and prepping that way. Because mm-hmm. you're right. And guys like Crowder, he's made a living. Where he's he got is the largest him. tip radius I can recall. Yeah, that's, that's exactly what uh, Solani would do. He'd stand on the line and have, just have this little chip deflection thing. How does that score? The angle, right. the angle seems impossible. He's practically like by the trapezoid line, and yeah. it somehow makes its way towards the net. Yeah. Yeah, so they're able to, you see the Canucks actually shift into that diamond, right? And that opens those lanes a bit. So I don't know if the Canucks end up bringing that neat D front or a net front D a little further out to block the passes, but then that opens exactly what they did. Mm-hmm. They try to go through the seam, and then he's just trying to deflect back door for that mm-hmm. pass, right? They, so, they tried it multiple times this evening. Yeah, and you can tell that's something they talked about and worked on and are probably going over the board or the iPad on the bench, being like, here's a lane. Walk, try to yeah. hit that lane. The, the, the Fox goal comes off of that. Yeah. The, 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 the third goal comes off of that. It's a Benajad, and it's the the net front scramble and everything yeah. like that. It just it felt like they, they targeted that, and it's just going to be interesting to watch uh, how power plays set up against the Canucks because if it's three forwards down low, yeah. uh, it, it's hard to push two guys up high because you're outnumbered. Yeah, it ends up being what it ends up being is the far side D-man that's trying to cover that one-timer is having to come back and help mm-hmm. out, which in turn opens the one-timer up, right? So those are the different progressions of how that PP will work. Yeah, and I mean, it's so interesting to watch the, the, the evolution of it and how many different looks they can open up the, the way they've been playing. It's, well, it's not stagnant anymore across no, the league. Everyone's just doing 1-3-1, no. one, one, and everyone knows how to do it. It just yeah. keep moving. I mean, you see JT Miller, who's so incredible on, on the half wall, be net front and tip the puck in. I mean, you're using him in different areas, and he's so good at doing different things. So why not explore your, the skill set of your players in unique ways where they can contribute more than being stationary in just one spot? Yeah, and... And it's so frustrating, right? If something doesn't work and they kind of have your number and whatever setup you have, mm-hmm. and you keep trying that for two and yeah. three periods, it's so frustrating. So for them to be able to, get, hey, no, let's switch it up here. Let's stop trying to shove this, you know, peg in this square. Let's let's get a different look and see if that creates something. So yeah, when you got the skill to do that, do that. Elias Pettersson had 27 minutes of ice time tonight. 
I mean, so it, it, the coach leaned on him heavily. And, and same thing with JT Miller, who played 25 minutes a game. I mean, you don't often see the, the high men in ice time being your forwards as opposed to your D-men. But it kind of just shows you, you know, how, those, how the coach felt those guys were going tonight. Yeah, and you talk about the conditioning that Talkett expects and leans on. Like to be a forward with those men, those are hard minutes as a D man. As a forward, that's a yeah. lot, a lot of skating. So um, good on them. It shows how how confident or how much they respect the defensive game of those two centers. You know, there were moments where I, I, I like physically he was really engaged and, and, and battling with pressure, but there were also other moments I thought it's like a little hesitancy on some shots and even just the too many men penalty you know how to negate that get that puck in deep yeah right? he turns that over and he's a little frustrated and a little slow to get back he's in his own he's in the the ranger zone when four pkers are on the ice it's it's a moment like that you say like the, the margins are so thin in a, in a game like this yes he gets the assist and and, and he, like he was really good but there were other moments it's like i just need that little fraction of it just quick trigger uh, uh for Elias Pettersson. yeah that decision making, how much it did wane as the win game went on as well. I thought JT started off really strong, and then as the game went on, you saw some of the mistakes. Fatigue and a second of a back to back is that what you start seeing sometimes those lapses, making some more uncharacteristic mistakes? The Canucks were so clean in the first and really good in the second, and in the third, you saw it wane, but it wasn't from a lack of effort, it seemed like it was from a lack of just not quite having it. Yeah, a little mental clarity. It's, it's exactly what it is, right? You just get less oxygen to the brain and you just <laughs> you end up overthinking it or underthinking it. it just it's, Things happen slowly. You don't see the same thing. So that's exactly the type of things you're going to see with mental fatigue and, and physical fatigue. I do think it's promising, though, in general that we're now talking about the team doing small things better. And you see at the level. I mean, when you're mm-hmm. trying to beat a team like, like the New York Rangers, you can't cost yourself. And yes, it was a blown call at the end, you know, but to Bick's point, there are a lot of moments you can look back at that they can probably grow from in a game like this and say, we can hang with these guys, but if we want to beat these guys, we have to give ourselves a little bit better of a chance in terms of making some better decisions. And yes, it is a second of a back-to-back, but I do think these games can it stoke more fire in the group, knowing they can hang with them, but knowing also there are things we can clean up to get there. Yeah, well, if you think about the goals, you got uh, two too many men's and a, and a one over the glass, and then you, you could have had uh, a closed hand on the puck. Right. Mm-hmm. Right? So, like, you think those are unforced errors right there. If you can cut those down, and that cuts three to four goals out of the game. So, right, those are little things when you look at the video in the in the grand scheme of things. You're like, let's cut down a little bit. That Joshua doesn't need to take that penalty where he pulls Truba down right mm-hmm. after Truba got the exact same call yeah, against exactly. him like two minutes earlier. So, yeah, it's just those little fine details. The margin for error is so small. So, you can cut down on those, then who knows? You're maybe on top, not going to no T. Does feel like a, a pillar game, right? Like we talked after the first game, there was such a great effort, and I just feel like Rick talking at any point and say, "Hey, I've seen you guys do it, yeah. play like that," and it just feels like another one of those types of games. Here's a very disciplined game. Something even in a loss. I, I know it's frustrating. I know we're getting a lot of text about the officiating. <laughs> we'll get to that, I'm sure. Uh, it just it, it does feel like one you can harken back to at some point later in the year. Be like, hey, you guys can play discipline, play this style, and it's it's the constant evolution we're seeing through eight games. Yeah, it's it's constant watermarks, right? You're setting your yeah. own bar of what you get to compare all your performances to. So once they get to these and they know they can perform that way, that's exactly it. You look back and you see those things. You compare yourself and, and plays and just know you can compete at that level. Uh, Casey DeSmith gets his first blemish on his record with a loss, albeit an overtime loss. 
But you couldn't. You probably couldn't ask more from than what you got from Casey DeSmith tonight. No, I thought he made some great stops in tight. And yeah, like they're pretty dynamic. Like the power play. Yeah, I don't know if I've seen a power play besides Edmonton that that was that dangerous off the rush. Like right. everybody does that drop pass, break out, try to push everybody back to the line, and then you have a guy kind of dangle through. That's kind of a default for probably 20 teams where they're not that much of a threat off the rush. They looked very dangerous off the rush, and they weren't afraid to just take it in, go cross ice, take shots or whatever. So uh, their special teams was was really impressive to me in New York. What do you stand on the bench when you're up against a goalie like Sturkin? <laughs> like the, like the, the saves on Kuzmenko. <laughs> it's just it's like the, the one where he's diving back, it just... Hey, you know, we're sitting here 3-3 three, three or 4-3 and we're breaking this down. So much of it just comes down to that dude's special. Yeah, he's good. You just stay persistent and consistent, really. Like, you know, you guys are, instead of getting frustrated, you're trying to stay on the bench like, you know, first one's going to crack the damn kind yeah, of thing. Yeah. Like, you know, keep going, keep going. So, um, yeah, it's just one of those things you got to dig. He's good. He's he's good. You got to get in the tough zone. You got to get in his eyes. Yeah. You got to do all those cliche things, but really, you just got to keep coming at him. Well, you couldn't help but appreciate some of the talent that you, you guys were talking about the power play, Mika Zibanejad. The way he gets that shot off and the amount of whip he has on, on it, you were talking about Chris Kreider, but also watching Adam Fox. I mean, there are a number of times of holds. We talk about Quinn Hughes being so incredible, and Quinn is. Obviously, I'd say he's more um, elegant in how he plays and, and is like he's more noticeable in how he skates and everything. And just such a beautiful player the way he's on the ice. Adam Fox, perhaps not quite that way, but his effectiveness may be as good, if not better. And just how he controls the game. And it seemed like he was on the ice the entire game. Every time I looked up, it was like him controlling the game and doing something. They have some real quality players that can control a game. And I think that was part of this being a huge challenge. Like You had your mirror images on the other side almost. Yeah, I thought they were a very comparable team. If you and like, even if you go Demko down the road, you know Demko yeah. and Shesterkin, uh, Petey and Panarin, and then Fox and Hughes, right? Those pillars through there. So, and then you know, if you can get some physical play out of Cole and Susie, that pulls up kind of your true. But it's a, very similar in a lot of ways. And New York does have some studs that you can go for. When you think, and I heard you guys mention it earlier, Kako and Lafreniere. As one, two overall, and that's their depth, guys. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know that that's that can come in huge down the road, especially close to playoffs. Actually, we would, didn't even mention him, Tyler Myers. Oh uh, my god, I, I know we've talked about it too. It just at some times in the early part of the season, I, I think you said he, he's he's a little slow on the plays, right? And he's, and he's dusting off the puck, and he just he's not quick enough. Man, like that was a proactive Tyler Myers tonight, and gets his reward, well, obviously with the goal, but he did look really good. Yeah, when he closes the gap, like, but even before he got the rush, he cut off one right before that. Mm-hmm. It's just his length and his stick allow him to close gaps so tight. So if he can mm-hmm. be proactive and read that, he can be really, really effective. And we saw that tonight, and he was jumping in, and he was using stick, and he was being physical, winning wall battles. So, I mean, when he does that, he's a really good player. And then he's just skating up ice and buries that goal. It's unbelievable. <laughs> unbelievable. Look it off. It. Yeah. <laughs> the look I, it, was, off. It, it, it did occur to me that it's like, oh, is he thinking about too, doing too many things at once? Yeah. And it's just like, oh, I'll, I'll turn this way, I'll turn this way, I'll go short side. It was a great goal for It him. was Calder Myers. That's what yeah. it was. I mean, it was just, <laughs> just incredible. And, you know, I, I want to get your thought on this before we let you go, Brett. 
his confidence looked shot, and he was playing. You know, he was really struggling in just a few games ago, and then his minutes were reduced dramatically. But he was put in positions that were a bit more sheltered. The last couple of games, thirteen minutes, fourteen builds up a little bit. Is that a way to build up his confidence? And and can that when you have success doing those things for for a couple of games and, and less is asked of you? Was that a proactive way for the Canucks to get him kind of back to looking more competent tonight? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I don't know what the dialogue between him and right. Foot is, right? Like, that's I'm sure they're watching tape together and talking about it. And he's, you know, he's an experienced NHL vet, so I'm sure one he knows that he hasn't been probably up to to standard, and two, Foot's probably honest with him, yeah, and straight up. So yeah, it does. Hey, let's cut down the minutes. Let's put you in like PKs and and things that you can really dig into your fundamental game and see if we can build off of that. So, I, I, yeah, I think that it's a good way to build his, his confidence a little more back up. Hey, Brett, great stuff calling the game alongside Brendan Batchelor. A fun one. Unfortunately, the Canucks couldn't come out with a victory, but a strong performance nonetheless, and we look forward to chatting with you again very soon. Yeah, thanks for having me. That was a fun game to watch. That was a great game to be a part of tonight. A good vibe at the arena and you know, a heavyweight tilt. It really was. That's what it felt like tonight. I mean, real intensity in the building. Uh, keep getting your thoughts into our Dunbar Lumber Text in inbox, 650-650. You can also grab a phone line. 604-280-0650. Uh, we have a bunch of, of callers on the line, which we'll get to in a second. We will take some before we hit the break. But, Bick, also a lot popping off in our text inbox, 650-650. A lot of frustration over the officiating tonight. Uh, there should be no other discussion other than how shot the officials were. And I, I think I'm clearing up that, uh, that yes. word because I think it's a typo in the inbox. <laughs> uh, and how they decided the game. What is with your post-game show? Uh, we were getting to the officials. We were chatting with Brett to, to, to wrap it up. Hey, listen, um, we have Brett Festerling on, and he's so good at breaking the game down. We're going to talk about the game with him. Yeah. We are going to get to your frustrations. As we talked about, I mean, it, it, it was a really bad missed call. Like, we can talk about some of the calls, whether they were deserved or not, before that, and the Canucks I, did make some bad decisions. I, I didn't have a lot of issues with the ones before. Like, the, the Joshua one, one is a penalty. The Ronick one, what else is he going to do about that one? The, the Lafferty one, it is a pick. Uh, the PDG... Um, I didn't see the blood. Uh, like maybe they but showed it's, it but it's the, a high yeah, stick, clear high stick. It's a high stick, and and the too many men. Like Petey's in the defense in the offensive zone, and four penalty killers are all back. I guess you could say hey, because it's a five on four. Usually the, the the referees give you a bit more leniency, but the fact that Patterson was making active movement towards the play, and then he turned off. I, I can kind of see that one, but yeah, it's a final play. That's what it, it comes it's down the final to. Final one, but that final one is such a critical moment, and it's clear that he's tripped up by Kreider with his leg, and the fact that it creates a three on one going the other way. I can see sometimes the officials don't call that because the puck goes behind their net. They get to regroup and the play continues. But the moment that puck is turned around and you can tell that it's a three-on-one going the other way and it's a tripping call, like how do you let that play go? Like do you not want to stay in stay an extra couple of minutes to let the game get to, to a shootout potentially or whatever? Like that has to be a call in that sequence. And, and we say it all the time. You know, the referee mantra is try not to impact the game. Yeah. Well, you're you're part of the game. You, you can't claim that you're the third facet of the game and say you, you don't want to impact the game because your your decisions or your lack of decisions impact the game. And in that moment, are you upholding the integrity of the game when there's a clear penalty and you're you're not only taking away a scoring chance, you're providing one for the other team. Yeah. It's 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 clear as day. And you know, we we do sit here sometimes and we say, you know, players during the game, how, how much do you want to interact with the referees and pick your spots? I, I like that Elias Patterson after, after the game kind of went out there and was like... Well, yeah, and Veronica was giving it to both officials. Really? Yeah, really? Yeah. Like, again, at the end of the game, game decided, 
that moment, go ahead. Like, air your frustration. I'm okay with that one. Generally speaking, yeah. uh, save it for another time. But good for Elias Pettersson to, to, to speak his mind there and, and the other players as well. Not good enough uh, on that final play from the officials because this was such a well-played game. It was. It, it really was, was. Such a well-played game for both teams. Everyone here that was in the building, worth the price of admission. And... It's it's sullied by a lot of people's frustrations, and it's it's justified frustrations. Well, it is. Uh, Gus in Niagara, however, says, am I the only Canucks fan that thinks Pedersen fell on his own? If you watch a replay, you can see Kreider, Kreider's skate clip Pedersen, and that's why he falls over. So um, I know it, it can look from that angle across that maybe he did, but when you see the replay angle, he certainly did. And the official's right behind. I mean, I don't know how he doesn't see it. It's like right in his sight line. There's no visual impediment there. No, there's no reason for him not to be able to see that. Uh, uh, man, uh, a lot of text messages. Phil in West Vancouver. Refs politely called superfluous. That's that's one one text and a lot more that are far more frustrated. But we'll get to more of those text messages, but, let, but let's get to the phone boards. 604-280-0650. Let's Let's go to Ladner where Tarn is on the line. Tarn, what you got for us tonight? Hey, what's up, boys? What's going on, man? Good, good, good. You know what? I'm not even worried about the, the result of tonight's game or the Patterson got tripped up. All I'm like so excited about this season is talking, man. The guy has a the guy the guy has a system. We haven't had a system in years. A B, yeah, defensive minded coach. But we have, we finally have a guy who actually cares, who will actually he'll bench he'll bench you he'll bench your top radio he'll bench your top guys and then he doesn't care about the media. I love it. I want to see CBG right now. They're showing Talkit highlights. I love this guy, man. Talkit is our future. I don't care about the results. We're gonna be fine with Talkit. We're not winning the cup this year, boys. Let's get real. Five years, three years, that's fine. Talkit, love the hire. Gonchar, Foot, Yeo, Mandas, great coaching staff. That's hey, it, great. man. Hey, Tarn, thanks for the phone call. And, I mean, you have to give the coaches credit for having the players as engaged as they have been. And they're clearly playing as if they're invested in what the message is. Look, they're playing inspired hockey. And yeah. I, I think when we say things like that, it's like, oh, well, they're, they're, they're free-flowing and, and creating their chances. It's it's very disciplined. The, the Every passing game, it does look more and more like the vision of what Rick Tockett wants to see. Yeah. And what's going to be interesting, as Karn mentions there, you know, down the line, three years, five years, whatever it is, as the roster also favors the vision of the management. Mm-hmm. It, it's still a work in progress. This is still a transition from some of the previous regime's assets and, and, and trying to flush some of that out and, and build it in your vision and just prospects coming and all that sort of stuff. But once that starts to happen, that's the really exciting bit of, of the way Rick Tockett has them going. Yeah. If, if the, the principles will carry over year to year with the, the type of players that management wants, that's the exciting bit right now. Because he, he's, he's doing a lot to get uh, the best out of these players. Yeah, he certainly is. The entire staff so far, they're getting the results. They're trying to get out of these guys. Canucks now 5-2-1 and one on the season after a tough loss in overtime. Overtime against the Rangers. Hard-fought game. Blown call leads to the final game, final game, goal, game winning goal to give the New York Rangers the edge. We'll get back to more of your phone calls and more of your text text messages. 604-280-0650 or six fifty six fifty on our Dunbar Lumber text inbox as the Canucks Central post game show rolls on on the home of your Canucks Sportsnet six fifty. This is the Canucks Central post game show. Join the discussion on the official home of the Canucks Sportsnet six fifty and the Sportsnet Radio Network. 
Kuzmenko. Down the far boards, makes a move to the slot, doesn't like what he sees. Now drops to Pedersen, try to toe drag, he was tripped up by Kreider. Rangers have it free, it's a three-on-one to center, no call. Chris Kreider, left wing, across the Vancouver line, delays across to Keandre Miller, he scores! Miller gets the overtime winner, and the Rangers take it 4-3 to three tonight at Rogers Arena in Vancouver. On a night that you have to say was marred by poor officiating. Yeah, again, this is going to go down. Crowder gets his foot out and it hits Petey, puts him down. That's what starts the odd man rush against. <laughs> I mean, in the third, they call that. Another one earlier in OT, there's a there's a kind of run interference block that Vancouver was called on early in the game. I mean, all in all, great hockey game, and it's nice to get a point, but it's just too bad that it's going to be marred with some of these calls. It is too bad. The Canucks' strong game on home ice, second of a back-to-back against the New York Rangers, fought until the very end, but lose 4-3 in overtime, marred by a bad call at the very end. And that is what has our entire text inbox, 650-650, buzzing tonight. We'll try to get through some of these. We'll get to some of your phone calls as well coming up in a few minutes. We'll hear from Rick Tockett and players post-game as soon as that becomes available to us as well. And, Bick, I mean, let's just dive into the text inbox because there's a lot there. And and I do think there are also a lot of constructive thoughts and I I think some excitement are in Aaron from Hamilton. Having not seen efforts like this from this Canucks team in recent years, I'm loving it, but I'm curious if it's sustainable. Will they wear out before the playoffs? So I I think it's a good point, Mm -hmm. but I don't think they're playing like run through the wall high hockey intensity. tonight specifically was not a high intensity game i do think it was a high focus game and a high well for mo- for the most part yes high focus and honestly high intelligence outside of some moments mm-hmm. right like, like we talked about but it, it was but that's a, hockey right like there's going to be a game like well, it's a game of mistakes yeah. mistakes will happen that that's going to and especially on a second of a back to back so i do think their style of play is sustainable they will have some bad games along the way that happens normally of course for any team but in terms of being consistent and yes, it's eight eight games in, but the process is only getting better. I mean, this was the be- so we talked about how the Nashville game game was the best game of their season, and then it was a St. Louis game, and then it was against the Rangers tonight. Like I thought, given the degree of difficulty, second of a back to back against the New York Rangers, this was a better performance than the one they had last night against the Blues in terms of their five on five play and being able to go head to head against them because. Strength of competition. Second of a back-to-back. You know, in terms of situation. So you can make the point, even though they lost, that they're steadily getting better every single game right now. And I think that's the most encouraging part, despite the fact they've lost this game. Yeah. And I, I look, there's some people saying that we're being a little too light on the officiating. I don't know if we are. But nevertheless, you know, part of it is that that's a tonight problem, right? There is still the big picture of, are these Canucks evolving? Are they changing? And nights like the, tonight will translate into the remaining 64 performances. Mm-hmm. 63? 60, yeah, 64 performances. 64, yeah. The officiating is no, 74. Not, sorry, 74. 74, 64, See, that's why I looked at you straight. I was like, I know I'm screwing this up. <laughs> 64, no, 74. 
that can translate to the remaining 74 games. The officiating is going to be spotty for the remaining 74 games. Yeah. Some days it's going to be fantastic. There's going to be other games where you're frustrated as you are tonight. But it's not going to be 74 games like tonight. Right. They can translate this. And, and that's what's, for me, the, the bigger story. I know you're frustrated right now. You'll wake up tomorrow and you'll get through the emotions of it. And you'll say, you know what? I'm, I'm excited for Tuesday. Yeah. And see if they can keep doing this. That, to me, is the bigger story out of tonight that – it's another piece of evidence that there is an evolution of the Canucks here and now. Yeah, and, and hey, and you know what? Picking up a point, I know it, it wasn't two points, and you could have easily had two points tonight, but considering the circumstances, getting three out of four points on this back-to-back against the Rangers, I think going into it, you'd be happy, but considering how, how it went down, I know it leaves a bitter taste in your mouth. I know some people text in and say, uh, Patterson fell on his own. Watch the replay. There are stills. You can totally see Kreider tripping him up, and um, and I get it. It's a quick call. But I thought, I think uh, Luke Jonathan in Victoria, B.C. has a good thought on this. He says the NHL needs to implement a soccer no advantage rule. Not a penalty, but a face-off instead for those calls the refs are hesitant to make. Love the show. Ooh. What a start to this year for the Canucks. Uh, and also this show. Thanks so much, Luke Jonathan. And yeah, man, like uh, we're excited for the start because you're excited and, and the, the Canucks are playing a lot better. But I think that's a great idea. That's a great suggestion from Luke. Man, that would be so fascinating. I don't know if it's doable, but that's a really good idea. It's, it's a great idea. It, it explores more thought and yeah. maybe experimentation at lower levels to see how it is. But I think it's a very good thought. And I, a very I apologize because I'm, I'm trying to also take in all the reaction that we're getting in the inbox. So I, I'll let that one wash over me for yeah. a couple of days. Well, savor it a little bit and we'll think strong. about it. Yeah, that's we'll think that's, that's a great suggestion. Man, our textures. I'm telling you, man, I learn new things every day in our text inbox. Uh, uh, sorry, really quickly. Yeah, uh, get it in. Because we like the jokes for 60 as well. Of course. Uh, too bad the super transparent NHL lets questions be asked if they're officials <laughs> on signed text. Jokes for 60. Uh, I love it. All right, let's continue on the phone boards. Let's go to Surrey. We're Nathan is on the line. Nathan, thanks for calling in, pal. Uh, what do you have for us tonight? Nathan. All right. Uh, we don't have him right now. Let's continue. Let's go to Ryan in Surrey. Ryan, what's going on? Hey, boys. Uh, it sucks that the refs cost the Canucks the game, but they did not have my sympathy. They should have won this in regulation. I agree with you. Uh, what you said earlier about the lack of discipline, both penalties to give them a two-man advantage. Come on. Ronick in the first period and the bench minor in the third so avoidable. If it wasn't for the extra point, this would sting more. I was also going to talk about how well Myers played today, but you guys covered that well. So I thought I'd well, feel free to share your thoughts. Feel free to share your Myers yeah. thoughts. No worries. I'll just, share, I'll just share a tidbit instead so I don't take up much time. Okay. So John Shorthouse on the TV broadcast mentioned how Myers scored against the Rangers a couple seasons ago at Madison Square Garden with his family in attendance. This reminded me of a Canucks versus Rangers game I attended at Rogers Arena. This was back in January 2020. I'm sure you guys recall Canucks were wearing the skate jersey. Markstrom stands on his head and makes a Kirk McLean-style windmill save. So the score was tied up pretty much one for the whole game. And who scores the winning goal with less than a minute left in regulation? Tyler Myers, certified professional Rangers killer. It's a shame we only play that team twice a year. Thanks for taking my call. Hey, thanks for the phone call. And, you know, the the funny thing, too, is uh, Tyler Myers' half-brother plays for the New York Knicks. Mm-hmm. So maybe that's why he was recently drafted by the Knicks. So maybe that's why uh, he has a little, extra, a little extra, well, especially recently. The He's like, tonight. hey, I'm on MSG Network, too. <laughs> so you can watch me have success on MSG. <laughs> you know, who's the better defender? <laughs> All right. Yeah, Tyler Myers had that. It was a 2-1 game uh, a couple of years ago. Yeah, yeah. 
He, man, he, he was really good tonight. No, he was. He really was. I mean, and just confident on the puck, making mm. good decisions, winning battles. We talk about oftentimes where he just he isn't winning enough, con- like uh, with those contested plays, he's not winning enough of them. Tonight, it seemed like he was winning way more than he was losing, and it was a real strong performance from him. Uh, this one here, tongue in cheek, of course, but how about a 30th anniversary rematch between these two teams in the Stanley Cup final next year coming up short house? I mean, Bick was joking to me and turned to me and said, a seven game series between these two teams would be fun. I mean, it'd be, it would be fun. Yeah. But, you know, that's I'm not all. I'm saying it's going to happen. It. it would just be very entertaining. Yeah, that's all. That's all. <laughs> uh, uh, d- d- this one here, why did the Canucks play Demko yesterday and dismiss today? For me, it's just conference game is more important. We talked about it yesterday. I know it's Saturday night. You're watching. Everyone's fired up. And it was such a good game. You think, hey, could Demko be the difference? Um, if you're going to lose a game in OT to a non-conference opponent, those are the ones you want to drop. Yeah. Uh, the Canucks still against the Western Conference are perfect. So far this year. And save Thatcher Demko for Tuesday. And look, he gets Saturday off. He gets Sunday off. He gets Monday mm-hmm. off. Back at it on Tuesday. Maybe he gets the San Jose game off and DeSmith goes back in there. So you get Wednesday, Thursday, Friday off for Dallas coming into town. That's a big one. It is a big one. I mean, and it's early in the season. But right now, Vancouver is six points up on Calgary. And they are eight points up on the Edmonton Oilers. The Edmonton has a game in hand. They play Calgary the tomorrow. Lost today, the Kraken lost today. The Kraken lost in regulation. So now all of a sudden, the Kraken are five back. And the Canucks have played one more, one fewer game. So they have a game in hand on the Kraken. Early in the season, of course. But... This is what we mean. What we mean by getting off to a good start. You do that, all of a sudden, you're playing on the front foot instead of looking at it and saying, "Oh wow, we're 0-5 and two. How are we going to get out of this hole?" Now the Canucks are sitting here through eight games, five, two, and one on the season. Keep your thoughts coming into the text inbox six fifty six fifty. This one says, "Refs had money on the over under for penalties called in the game tonight." Yeah, I mean, hey, who knows? I know, <laughs> no, I don't think that's actually the case, but you know. With sometimes how these calls go, one may be left to wonder. Uh, let's continue on the phone boards. Nathan is back. Let's try him again. Nathan and Surrey, what's going on? What do you have for us tonight? Hello, can you guys hear me now? Yeah, we have you now. Hello, hello? Yes. You can hear me now? Yes. Yep. Okay, excellent. Oh, my goodness. I was really I wouldn't be able to get on tonight. Bada-bick, bada-boom, back-to-back for the Canucks and back-to-back for Nathan from Surrey on the phone lines. Let's get it, boys. You guys spoke the one point into existence last night. You jinxed it on the post-game show. What are we doing here, boys? Come on, come on. What an egregious non-call. Kreider totally hung his leg on Petey there. Now, this kind of brings up the topic of discussion. What do you guys think about non-calls being um, up for a challenge? I know your opinion, Sad, is when it's that egregious and uh, costly, it's like you just kind of got to leave it uh, to keep the flow of the game going. But I think it might be interesting if they uh, implement a challenge there. Uh, But what a masterclass in resiliency tonight, boys. They bent, broke, and mended the iron. Ends up being BS in the end, but we'll take that point and run. How about the defensemen getting involved? Saucy Susie and Meaty Myers with the absolute rockets into the cage, boys. Tough one from Brock there right in front, and he puts the puck right in the Shesterkin instead of diving it onto the backhand in the power play in the second. But uh, you know what? Good effort overall for the boys tonight. Um, hey, Vic, can you hear me there? We got you. Okay, awesome. I, I can't hear you guys, so I'm not sure what's going on. Uh, you talked about JT Miller chants getting started last night. You want to know something funny? Guess what's who's up? getting those JT Miller chants going? Oh, right Why on. do you think my voice was so hoarse right last on. call, hey? Attaboy, I like it, I like yeah. it. Yeah. 
I see you working. Let's go. I can't take credit for a lot of things in my life, but I will take credit when I belt out J.T. Miller. Pantaton, by the way. My goal is to beat out Crazy P for a job there. Um, but honestly, just give me a give me a sec here, boys. Right. Um, you, got you guys else? know I've called in over the past two seasons, and I always try to pump JT's tires and defend him every chance I get because I see that the positive vastly outweighs the negative. And I mean, Brock's my favorite guy, but JT, since he's came here, he's always been the player that I respect the most for his play. And he's not a perfect player. He's not as dynamic as Nathan McKinnon or Jack Hughes or Leon with his skating. Game sense and skill. Oh, what happened? I think uh, we just... His line dropped. It's unlucky. That's too bad. All right. We, good run there, Nathan and Surrey calling in. Uh, we'll keep things going on the phone board, 604-280-0650. Yeah, what, what? No? I had a joke. I yeah, okay. All right. Just leave it. All right. Let, let's go to Calgary where Josh is on the line. Josh, thanks for hanging in. Uh, what do you have for us tonight? Hey, guys. Can you hear me? Yeah, no. we got you. All right. First time uh, caller, long time listener. Appreciate you guys having me. Um, that game was a treat to watch. Like, mm-hmm. I was on the edge of my seat the whole time. Um, I will say I agree with you guys' points on the goaltending situation. However, I feel like Demko can steal a goal or two, and I would have rathered him steal a goal this game than last game, if that makes sense. Just wondering what you guys' thoughts on that are, thanks. Wait, hang on. Do you only feel that way because they lost tonight and they won yesterday? Well, yeah, because they put up five on the Blues and it wasn't even close. Yeah. Right, but it's, again, from what we were saying, it's it's a conference game, right? Like, that one's more important to, to beat up on the Blues. For sure. I just honestly think that Dismissed has earned enough trust where, like, I think we can go in confident against the Blues anyway. Right. No, hey, that, that is a good thought, Josh. Thanks for, thanks for your phone call. And, you know, going into the game, we talked about this as well. If it was up to me, I would have liked to see Dismissed play yesterday and see Demko play today, just in terms of if you, you have confidence in going into that game and, like, we're going to beat the Blues mm-hmm. and then we're going to have our starter for, you know, Shesterkin and then Rangers the next night, it takes a lot of, like, hey, we think we're here as a team, like we're very high as a team. I would like that mindset. I can understand, however, why the coaching staff did what it did in terms of prioritizing the conference game. But I did mention before the game that I would have liked to seen the Smith go up against the Blues and, and have Thatcher Demko. So I do agree with Josh's overall point. However, that's not to say that it would have been any different because the Smith was very good tonight. Yeah. And Demko maybe does get one or not, but you never know with how a game unfolds. And I think it's hard to look at this game and say, well, you know, if they had a different goalie, maybe they win. Sure, if he pitches a shutout, but I didn't, I didn't think the Smith was bad on any of the goals that got scored tonight. They're, they're, they're power play markers. And, you know, we joked in the first intermission, it's like Panarin, Trocek, Kreider, Fox, Zabinijad. That power play is pretty good. And, and the, the, the Canucks penalty kill uh, got dinged up today. That That's made some improvements. But they'll have to go to the tape and, and review this of how teams are going to attack them if they throw three guys low like that. Like it's Adam Fox near the net front, right? So uh, they're, they're going to have to try to make some changes there. Uh, I, I don't really look at DeSmith as the reason why they gave up four goals tonight. It, it was... It's difficult, <laughs> two five-on-threes. But you know what it is, though? I understand. When you come this close to winning this hockey game, and the officiating, of course, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, now we have people say it's not that bad or whatever. I, I get the frustration. Again, we mentioned, honestly, the call I hated the most was the last one. Yeah. The rest I can I can kind of understand and see how it kind of happened. like the one on Cole. Could, could it be yeah. interference there? Like, you can play that game in every single game. Yeah, exactly. That call, how, however, I get it. Um, but nonetheless, I think more than anything, the encouraging part, and you see the excitement 
it's it's just how they played. And yeah. when you get this close to winning this game and you lose and you're, you start, you start thinking about how could it have been different? We don't give up a goal here. There's a better shift here. Don't take this penalty there. Maybe win this hockey game. And I think that's such a change from in the past when it was like, well, the Canucks lost this game on a bad call, but truly, did they deserve to win the game anyways? They were heavily outshot. They were getting you know great goaltending. They, they kind of got some timely goals. And yeah... You know they got a bad call goal against them, but let's be real. This team really didn't have any business being in this game. This was not that. This was like this team maybe deserved to win this hockey game tonight. And if a couple of things would have gone their way, maybe they come away with the victory. Uh, Sunny six fifty six fifty from Burnaby saying Canucks power play went one for six. That's why the Rangers won. They didn't look as dangerous as the Rangers on the power play. Uh, certainly didn't convert. I, I'm liking this movement from the Canucks power play. You know tonight obviously not a great night one for six, but. This will come together. Yeah. This is another thing to keep an eye on here over the coming weeks um, when they start converting chances. Because, you know, the, the best are at a couple of chances there. If he converts that one, you know, Nathan was talking about the one that maybe could have gone to the back end instead of trying to slide mm-hmm. it under uh, Shesterkin's pads. But I, I really like the movement. They're, they're going to get a lot of good looks here. Yeah. Uh, I, I think early impressions, I would say this is going to be a top seven power play. Yeah, and I agree with that. I think it's it's certainly in the top ten. Can it get into the top five? But I think if you're in that top ten, eight range, you're giving yourself a, a big chance, especially okay, the PK gave up a couple goals tonight. Well, th- well they gave up three goals tonight. But two were on a five-on-three, mm-hmm. and the Rangers' power play is really good. But overall, it looks like the PK has taken a step and, and looks a lot more competent. And the fact that they you know went up against this Rangers team and played as well as they did. I think that's very encouraging. But nonetheless, things to clean up, things they can do better, which is a good thing. That means as well as they played, there's certainly still room for improvement, which is encouraging because if they get better, they can still get better than what they've shown so far. And I think that's really important. Uh, We'll continue on your with more of your text messages here coming up in just a few moments. But let's continue on the phone boards. Let's go to Langley where we have Kim on the line. Kim, thanks for calling in. Uh, What are your thoughts tonight? Hey guys, how are you? I'm doing. We're doing well. How are you? Good. Thanks for having me again. I always love talking to you guys and listening to everyone's opinions. You know, um, I mean, so my first initial thoughts are: uh, should have been a goal, wasn't. PD got tripped, wasn't a penalty. They score an OT, should have been disallowed. Um, you know, obviously, kind of like as a Canucks fan, like that's like my initial reaction is like, <laughs> right. totally tripped. You know, and then you know, as I kind of listened to you guys earlier. Maybe it wasn't, but, uh, man, like, I think, uh, I think what I take away from this is like, they're playing very good. Like they won last night. They're playing really good against a really good team, um, which is awesome. Um, and, uh, I just want to give a quick shout out to Josh in Calgary, who is a Canucks fan. My boyfriend is named Josh and he's from Calgary and he's obviously a Calgary fan. So (laughs) I love that he's a Canucks fan. There you go. (laughs) I love it. Um, but also the other guy that was talking about, uh, Tyler Myers, I think, um, you know, I kind of, I kind of always like looked at him like in the past few seasons as him being like a big kind of like lanky, usually like the bigger guys are like slower. I, I don't know. He's been practicing his shots. Like I think he's doing really good, um, hitting men, bodying, and also being able to store or to score goals, I think is huge. Um, like what are your guys' thoughts on, uh, you know, a, a defenseman, like defenseman in general, being able to score like let's talk about like you know like Kevin Bieksa you know like when your defensemen are able to score I think that puts you at a at a big advantage no it certainly does hey Kim thanks for your phone call thanks for your thoughts and and yeah we like the Josh in Calgary who's a Canucks fan as well and special thing yeah 
hundred percent. Thanks for the phone call. That's that's Kim calling in, and. and I do agree with the notion of, and we're seeing it already this season, Quinn Hughes has three goals, Tyler Myers has two goals already, Philip Peronik has the capability of scoring goals, hasn't yet got his tally, but this is a blue line that is certainly looking a lot more dangerous with not only guys that can score goals, Carson Soucy scores a goal tonight. It makes a big difference when you have defensemen who can activate and are good at getting their shots through. Uh, so seven goals on the year now for the Canucks after tonight. Uh, by D-men, and I think that puts him second in the league. So this is something when we talked about, look, Bo Horvat goes out, where are they going to make up mm-hmm. those goals? And especially if you're going to be a quote-unquote low-event team, um, is it going to have to be scoring by committee? And you know, Teddy Bluger comes in, P.U. Sudi are thinking, okay, is that you know 14 goals there, six goals here? Who's Who else is providing? If you can get Carson Soucy providing goals, if Quinn Hughes is going to level up and get 12 goals himself, Myers, you know, contributing with a couple of goals. If the defense, and, and we didn't mention Philip Pronick, obviously, if the defense is going to make up that gap of the 30 plus goals you're going to make up with Horvat going out, huge start for the defense. It's a great point by Kim about uh, how they're contributing right now, and and they should settle in about second uh, across the league. Yeah, that's tied that's for second. Tied for second. It's good. It's a great start, and uh, we'll we'll see what rate they keep scoring at, but they have. Players, obviously, who are capable of scoring from the back end and getting those results is massive early in the season. Uh, we'll get to more of your text messages as well, 656-50 on our Dunbar Lumber text inbox. And we'll also get to more of your phone calls. Hang on to your phone line, 604-280-0650. We'll hear from head coach Rick Tockett plus Canucks players after a tough 4-3 loss in overtime against the Rangers right here on the home of your, on the home of your Canucks, Sportsnet 650 and the Sportsnet Radio Network. This is the Canucks Central Post Game Show. Join the discussion on the official home of the Canucks, Sportsnet 650 and the Sportsnet Radio Network. Ilya Mikheyev has to settle a rolling puck, dumps it behind the goal for Beauvillier. He's got it right corner. Heedles out of the box, so the teams are back to even strength. And Hironik gets it right circle. Philip Hironik to the line for Carson Soucy. Drives the puck to the net. He scores! from the line off the stick of Carson Soucy. And this roller coaster of a third period keeps on running. The game is tied at three. Great shot by Soucy. Bomb. Great shot indeed. Carson Soucy helping the Canucks get a point tonight against the New York Rangers. Perhaps could have done even better, strong performance. However, lose 4-3 in overtime. And this is the Canucks Central Post Game Show on the home of your Canucks, Sportsnet 650 and the Sportsnet Radio Network. We are going to get the head coach, Rick Tocca. That's going to be available to us in just a moment's time, Vic. We'll, we'll, we'll take a phone call and we'll take a couple text messages. This one from Nathan from Surrey. We didn't ask her his question about challenging penalties. I think we already have enough challenges. Mm-hmm. I'm not against the idea, though, that you have two challenges the entire game and you can you can pick kind of what you want to challenge. And if you lose, you still get a penalty going the other way. I'm open to the idea with how they have it, but I think it's one of those things where if it's egregious or not, it can also leave it open to a lot of debate. I don't know if I want to challenge penalties. I mean, then we're going to be here all night. But on plays that lead to goals, I'm okay saying, hey... Spool the footage all the way back to this moment. Yes. And maybe take a look at that one because if you stop play there because it's a penalty, the the goal never gets created. But, again, we're talking about such it's, it's, a yeah, it's tough. slippery slope. I think there's enough of that already as it is. But, uh, yeah, that's kind of where it's at. Uh, a couple more text messages in here, Bick. 
this one, uh, Jordan texting in. I think a lot of fans are us underestimating how good the Rangers actually are. Proud mm. of the uh, team for being able to get a point against a team like that. I could argue Shesterkin stole them a point when he made that incredible save against Kuzmenko in OT. Go, Canucks, go. And I think uh, Shesterkin as well. Uh, yeah, well, he's, he's great. I mean, somebody texted That in. save was just... Is in, or somebody texted and said PP was perimeter tonight. Need to be more in the middle. I don't disagree, but they had a lot of stuff in the middle. Shesterkin ate it up. I mean, there was the gold mouth chances. Shesterkin just eats it up. I mean, the one on Besser, he's laying on his back and he gets. Besser had like three or four chances. The Canucks also didn't really connect on some of the shots when they got it into the middle. I agree. You can always do better getting inside, but they had opportunities inside tonight and were not able to convert. Ryan and Shimanas, hello, gentlemen. Bittersweet game despite the OT non-call. Canucks are finally playing the puck passing possession game I've been hoping for. That's Ryan and Shimanis. Yeah, not a lot of support for the video review either. No. <laughs> Richard, goalie dad, uh, and Kit saying no more video reviews. One per team is enough. It, it might be one of those ones where you just got to grit your teeth and say, man, today sucks. Yeah, it does. Man, today it, sucks. It, it sucks. was such a good game. You don't want to see it ended like that uh, and then just carry on. The and, rules are and, the rules. And you hope the season is long that you perhaps win a game somewhere and get a call that's favorable to you when you need it. And, and it usually does. You know that's going to happen. On. Yeah. And, so you look back at it and say, hey, this is payback for that time. So, comes out in the wash. That's why you never feel bad about wins no matter how you get them because you never know how you get a loss sometimes as well all right we'll get to more of your text messages but let's take one more phone call before we hit hit head coach rick talk and we'll get to more of your calls on the other side after that let's go to chilliwack where ray's been waiting for a while to get on ray thanks for your patience uh what do you have for us this evening i just wanted to get your opinion or interpretation on rule 8.3 bleeding players and why is advantage jab was even on the ice when uh, he scored that five on three goal. Uh, thanks for the phone call. Um, if you're bleeding, it doesn't mean that you have to sit out necessarily. I think it depends on like the type of damage that you take. Um, and it depends on where it is, but even if it is, sometimes a guy may not start the power play, but then jumps off the boards as soon as the face-off gets taken. So it's one of those things where the guy can get on the ice no matter what, regardless. And it comes down to the official's interpretation of it in the moment. Yeah. Um, you know, we've seen, we've, seen, we've seen high stick players. I'll, I'll read you the, the, the rule verbatim here. A player who is bleeding or has visible blood on his equipment or body shall be ruled off the ice at the next stoppage of play. Such players shall be not be permitted to put, return to play until the bleeding has been stopped or the cut or abrasion covered. Uh, it is required that uh, any affected equipment and our uniform uh, must be pro- properly decontaminated or exchanged. It's a good thought. And honestly, i got to look back and see if Zibanejad started that shift. Uh, or not, and we'll th- we'll check that out, and we'll hear head coach Rick talk at first, and we'll get to more of your phone calls and text messages. Here is Rick talking after a hard fought four three loss in overtime, with a lot of questions about a blown final call. Here's the Canucks head coach. Yeah, I mean it's yeah, I, I, I got to take a look at it, but I, I got to see it again before I comment. No, it's it is it's one of those bang bang plays, I guess. That's what the ref thought. So. Overall, I mean, your penalty killing has been good for a while now. You give up three tonight, but two of them are five on threes. Just assess that group. Pelican has been good all year. They had two five on threes, and they're, they're a great team. I don't care about that. I'm proud of our team. They played their balls off today. And uh, long road trip, come back, beat St. Louis. I thought we deserved better tonight. We, we gave nothing other than the, the two five on threes. So, uh, I hope the guys take a nice, relaxing day, otherwise they deserve it. You uh, come in 
after a, a finish like that? Is it hard not to, you know, express your frustration, I suppose? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's you know, it's 82 games, right? You're going to have these type of games where, you know, things happen. So, um, but I like the resolve of the team. I really do. I mean, scoring that, you know, it's 3-2, we could have hung our hat, been mad, but, uh, you know, Seuss with a big goal for us. Fans were into it, so overtime was great. So that's the way I look at it right now. The, the first period, it felt like you guys maybe looked a bit, a bit slow, given that you played back before. How did you see the, the first period? Yeah, we just tried to say, they, they, I don't know, they only had 12 shots after two periods, so whether we were slow or not, we'd, if you don't have your legs, you manage the game. I thought we managed the game. What do you think about the offense that you're getting from the defensemen of recently? Last season, yeah. this wasn't happening. How different is it this year with these guys? Yeah, they're being calculated, jumping in the play, you know, uh, doing a nice job. Obviously, Mizey thought he played great tonight. What a hell of a goal. And then, you know, Seuss. So, when you can get some goals from your back end in 82 games, that's, uh, games, that's, a, that's obviously a, something you want, right? It helps you in the standings. And uh, another game where Nils Huglander seems to be playing the style that you want from him. What yeah. do you think from him tonight? Yeah, <clears throat> once again, you know, we had it's especially the teams in the first period, so those guys get kind of lost sometimes. But uh, I like his energy, you know, buzzing around, you know, being the, the forechecker there. Uh, you know, that's an identity that we need, and he can supply that for us. So we did, once again, he did a nice job on the forecheck. What was your view of the too many men in the third period? Yeah, it's a tough one. Uh, it, listen. I remember I was working for TNT and I was Don Kowarski's a buddy of mine. I said I could I could ref in this league. I can't ref. It's a hard job. You know I, I played you know 18 years in the NHL. I think I know hockey and it's tough. It's tough out there. You know it's bang bang plays. These guys are working their asses off. They refs. I get it. You know something. They're going to make mistakes just like we make. Like I make mistakes in the, in the players. So that's a tough one. I thought it was a good game. I, you know those are the ones. You know, you see that a lot, you know, where guys three feet from the bench, but uh, he felt that, uh, you know, that, that was the right call. So, you know, we're going to live with it. What did you think last... of the play of your goaltender tonight? Uh, Casey? Yeah. Yeah, he played really well. You know, they're going to play great, too. I mean, we, there was, it, was, it was a chess match tonight. There wasn't a lot. We didn't give him much. You know, we, five on five, I didn't see much. They, they didn't get much. They got the two five on threes in the power play. You know, that, that was the difference uh, in the game. Kind of. Over the last handful of games, it seems like your team's five five game has really started to, to build and trend positively. Uh, what are a couple of areas or keys to sort of finding that five five game lately? Uh, just chipping away. Like I said, after the Philly game, if you look at our games, we just gotten better and better. Believe in what we're doing. Trying to, I think we're creating an identity here around here. Uh, with some resolve and you know. Everybody's contributing. You know, even that guys that don't get out there for eight minutes, they get out there and they're they're doing something for us. So, uh, you know, um, it's nice. You know, I'm glad the guys they need a day off tomorrow for sure. Uh, seemed to mostly be a, a low event game for a lot of it, but there's still some puck management things that came into play, like Hoaglander with four seconds left, icing the puck, or Kronik clearing the puck over the glass when he had time to make a play. Are those just some of those little things that you need to iron out to get a more steady approach to the season? Yeah, I mean, you know, those things happen. Yeah, you, you, obviously you don't want to see a lot of that. I, I haven't seen a lot of that stuff, you know. Yeah. As you're tired, and, you know, when you're tired, that's the you, know, you really got to dig in, you know, in those plays. But yeah, they happen. Um, so, well, you know, we're okay with that. Well, one second. Follow up with the room right now. Anyone wants to go to the room, please. You can go. Um, you guys have a couple of minutes.
so getting Ilya Mikheyev back on the penalty kill, was that kind of the plan for you guys in the return? Because I saw, I think tonight was the first time he was back on the penalty kill for you guys. Yeah, I just want to manage, you know, coming off that surgery, I want to make sure that, uh, you know, the other guys have done a nice job. I want to ease it into it. Um, and then when Giuseppe went in, a couple of guys were, went in the box, Lafferty, you know, that's the time I want to use him. I, I, was, I, I kind of managed his, his minutes so with, his, with his knee and stuff. I want to, you know, the guy just came off surgery and stuff. And uh, he's healthy. I just want to make sure he's okay. Is it something you have to manage? Like, with the back-to-back, how are you feeling about how you guys managed his return to the lineup you're from, like you mentioned, the surgery? Yeah, I mean, the poor guy, you know, he hasn't really had a training camp, right? And uh, so, I, you know, that's why he was going to have some rusty games. But, uh, you know, obviously it's his speed and uh, playing back-to-back is tough for him, you know, being off so long. That um, standing ovation at the end of uh, at the end of regulation, does that feel like sort of a vote of confidence that you're getting buy-in from the from the people over how things are going so far this year? Feels good. I mean, you know, we need them behind us. You know, I think they they want to believe in something, and we're trying to make them believe in something. And I think uh, the guys did a nice job for them to believe in us. We're trying to make them believe and give them something to believe in us. That's a good statement there from Canucks head coach Rick Tockett after a tough 4-3 loss in overtime against the Rangers and took the diplomatic route, uh, didn't want to bury the referees, said he still had to watch the play again before one, before commenting on it. Said it's a very night di- after hours. And after hours, he, he needs to get off. You know, he, yeah. he didn't have time to sit down there. And, and you know what? He was on after hours. We, we have a few clips from him, which we'll play as well coming up here as, as the show goes on. But pretty diplomatic, but he was very, very proud of the way his team played. Yeah, and I think he knows it's a long season. If yeah. this was a playoff series, maybe you start uh, pushing the temperature on stuff like that and mm-hmm. see if the calls go your way moving forward. But I, I do think he's playing the diplomacy game and waiting for the next time to get his calls. Like even when they weren't getting power plays on the yeah. road, he was still like, hey, this is a tough league. These these guys are part of the game and just heaping praise upon the officials. Uh so, yeah, that's a guy who knows it's October and they're yeah. having some success here. You don't want to play your cards all immediately here no. and, and, and burn something. So he's he's doing the political answer. But as far as, you know, the, the last comment, I, I think they're still aware that they still have to earn the fans' yeah. trust back. And this is how, like we're getting a lot of excitement for people in the inbox. And it, it's it, keep doing it brick mm-hmm. by brick, right? That's a phrase the management has used of how to build the team. <laughs> How to get the fans back is going to be brick by brick. It's it, tons of excitement immediately, but you keep putting in performances like that, I think it'll quell a lot of the concerns. And a lot of people are texting in and be like, hey, I want to see the, this type of hockey every single night. Yeah, well, and I think we've seen it now for four straight games. They didn't win their fourth straight game, but they had a strong performance of four straight games and building on Realistically, each one. Realistically, seven of the eight games. Like yeah. I, know, I know the the one the, the Edmonton Road game outskated and all that, but they were engaged and... Uh, defensively, like doing everything they could to block shots, keep mm-hmm. things away, uh, engage physically. So you're still invested in that game. It's really just the Philly game. So seven of the eight, you, you can't complain about the efforts. No, you can't, and especially in terms of also how, how engaged they've been in trying to play the right way and play the way they want to play as a team to be successful. And it, it's just very encouraging. You just hope that can continue to build. And like the coach mentioned, he hopes the players um, aren't too down on themselves and that they're, they're excited about what they can do and what they can accomplish. And we have a lot of thoughts along those lines coming into the text inbox. Steve from White Rock, I'm actually excited to see how they respond to this tough loss. And it could always 
be worse. We could be the Flames fan. We could be Flames fans right now. Cheers to exciting hockey and man, uh, that was that was for real tonight. That opponent and that's Steve from White Rock texting in. And uh, let's hit a couple more text messages before we get take a couple phone calls here and then head to some more player audio. Ian McIntyre will join us in the final segment of the show. Uh, Ian and Dunbar, okay, okay, okay. Let's not kid ourselves. Uh, when the intensity amps up, Canucks take a lot of penalties. Uh, it's, a, it's a fair comment of how many penalties uh, they are taking. Uh, five tonight, and we'll see when, when things really tick up. So it's, it's fair to wonder uh, from Ian in Dunbar. Uh, also, Bill from Pitt Meadows. Uh, evening, boys. Happy with the Smith play, but I'm a firm believer when a goalie gets a shutout, he gets the next game. Demko, Demko should have played back-to-back. We're having that commentary uh, <laughs> yeah. because of a, a, a before the break, so uh, Bill chiming his with his in with his thoughts uh, that Demko should have went back-to-back. All right. I mean, hey, listen. When you don't win a hockey game, then uh, the critique is fair, and you can you can pose the questions. I don't think the Smith got in the way at all for the Canucks to win this hockey game tonight. But I get it. Thatcher Demko's been lights out, and man, that man for the uh, New York Rangers, Igor Shosturkin, an absolute monster between the pipes. I, I think I grabbed Sat's arm on that Kuzmenko save. Like, <laughs> oh my goodness! He, he he robbed Kuzmenko on a couple of different like, opportunities. Even, even the first save on that one is good. And then the second to one. To then on the dive behind you. To have the instincts to know, okay, that's where the puck's going. I got to dive. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, it's incredible. It doesn't even make sense. No, but Kuzmenko, too. I mean, Kuzmenko's been great at finishing opportunities. He's going to have nightmares of uh, mm-hmm. Igor Shosturkin tonight, with, with the man, especially in overtime, the chance. But great effort, though, from uh, yeah. Andre Kuzmenko tonight. Uh, we'll get to some more of, your, more of your text messages, but let's continue on the phone boards. Uh, and let's go to Sean in Edmonton. Sean, what's going on? What do you have for us tonight? Hey, guys. Can you hear me? Yeah, we got you. Okay, cool, cool. Uh, you know, when I looked at uh, the the schedule going into the season, if the Canucks had a good start, uh, I looked at this game as, like, if they had a good start, uh, if they could win this game or show that they're a, you know, a better team than last year, uh, that this team going forward, I think they, they would make a believer and in me, um, you know, a back-to-back against a good team. Uh, the way the Canucks just pressure the neutral zone and cause turnovers, the way they collapse on the PK and everyone's really just battling hard uh, so far, other than Philly. Uh, I mean, the result sucks tonight, and the Canucks deserve the win, but these games happen during the season. Uh, I just want to know, uh, for you guys, how many games into the season uh, for you guys to believe that this team is for real. Uh, thanks for taking my call. Hey, thanks for the phone call. Uh, that's Sean in Edmonton. American Thanksgiving is a nice barometer because it's still only 20 games into the year, but like we mentioned, the stats are to some degree undeniable at this point. What if you're four points or fewer out, you're your chances of making the playoffs, four points or more out, your chances of making the playoffs are significantly decreased. If you are four points or more above the playoff bar, you're not guaranteed to make the playoffs, but more often than not, teams make the postseason. So if you can get to that point and be at that spot, I think that's the earliest you can say, you know what, they're, they're for real. You're seeing good signs. I mean, listen, I'm not going to gatekeep when you should believe or yeah. not. I mean, it, it's up to you, you to believe. figure out, you know, when you want to believe and how much you want to believe. But in terms of, you know, saying, okay, these guys have figured this out, you got to give it the 20-game mark to, say, to look at it and say, okay, is there a process there? What, what else can they improve? You know, what are you seeing from them? Now, before the season began, my take was they're going to make the playoffs, right? But 
now that that takes been done, it's about what are they going to show for us to believe they can actually make the playoffs. It comes down to evaluating what they put on the ice. Through eight games, it's been very good and encouraging. I think you want to get to 20 games, and if you're playing this way through 20, then yeah, you can, you can start you can start really, I wouldn't say declaring, but you could really think about them being quote-unquote for real. You want to see some peak uh, sitting on the fence here? Yes. All right, so of the core players, I want to say it's for real. Right. If you're asking me, can they make the playoffs? My probability of that is only increased in eight games. If you're asking me what for real means, I think for real means you, you enter in that final threshold of you're in that mix of those seven teams that are always hanging around. And that, to me, is not going to happen this season. So I, I'm not going to say they're like, they're for real in that final category. I think that the for real, it depends on what we're qualifying that to be. Because I, sure. I, I take it as... I told you I was going to sit on the fence. Which is fine. Because I don't, I don't take that as this team is going to win the Stanley Cup this year. It's about you know building towards sure. it. So the... The best version of what this this team can be is that for real, which is a playoff team that can maybe do something. That's what I look at and say, okay, mm-hmm. can they show it to be that? But if they are quote unquote for real as a contender, obviously. Like, a I, I think discussion. there's a there's a legitimate chance. Forget even just being you know playoff team. Like there's a legitimate chance we can end the season and say the Canucks are probably the tenth best team in the league. Yeah, tenth, right? Like that would be an, a, a, a pretty substantial outcome. To, to begin the season, because I think a lot of people would say they're probably like the 20th best team. So if you can just leapfrog the entire mushy middle yeah. and now say, hey, we're out of the mushy middle. We got Pedersen, and if he signs, he's here. Quinn Hughes is leveled up. He's here. Demko's in his prime. Miller, we still got a couple yeah. of years before he kind of exit the prime. And now you become a destination all of a sudden. And that's how you j- just make that jump of we accelerated past all these teams, the St. Louis, the mm-hmm. Nashville's, the Winnipeg's, the Calgary's, the Kraken, all that. We've gone past all of them. And now we are the 11th, 10th best team. And now what What can we do to accomplish in the offseason? Now is the destination. Tyler Myers' money comes off the books. Bovillier, all these contracts. What can you go then do? And that's the evolution of taking the next step. And tonight, against a true cup contender, early in the season, second of a back-to-back, they more than held their own and really gave them a run for their money and could have easily won this hockey game, but they lose 4-3 in overtime. We are going to get back to more of your thoughts on the text inbox, and we'll take more phone calls. We'll hear from a couple of comments from Rick Talkin on After Hours. What does soft mean to him? That word's been used. I think that's interesting. And also talking about Elias Pettersson and Quinn Hughes. Both players, to what Bick was mentioning, are they taking another jump and they're emerging not only as leaders but obviously as big time producers on the ice to a whole other level we'll get to that and more plus ian mcintyre as the connect central post game show rolls on it's satyar shaw with big nazar keep your thoughts coming into our dunbar lumber text them box 650 650 right here on home of your canucks sportsnet 650 and the sportsnet radio network this is where you talk canucks you're listening to the canucks central post game show on the official home of the canucks sportsnet 650 and the sportsnet radio network Rangers already one for three on the power play in the game tonight. Now Myers breaks up a play at center. It's a two-on-one shorthanded for the Canucks. Myers, right wing, shoots, he scores! Shorthanded goal for the big man. Tyler Myers beats Igor Shesterkin off the right wing with a high-rising wrist shot. And the Canucks take a 2-1 lead. Canucks took the lead 
weren't able to hang on, lose 4-3 in overtime against the Rangers, and this is the Canucks Central Post Game Show on the home of your Canucks, Sportsnet 650 and the Sportsnet Radio Network. Satyar Shaw with Bick Nazar, uh, Canucks goal scorers tonight. Well, uh, uh, one was unlikely. Another one, well, is somebody who has shown he has a good propensity of creating some offense in the offensive zone as a defenseman, as a new equi- acquisition, and that is Carson Soucy. Tyler Myers, you heard the coach give him praise as well for the goal he scored, and also a lot of love on a text inbox and a phone boards. And of course, JT Miller tipping one in. And, you know, that was part of the strong performance from Vancouver, but not enough in terms of getting that final break that they needed in overtime with the call not being called on the trip on Ilias Pedersen. And I know people say, you know, Pedersen tripped on his own. There's a great angle from behind the Canucks blue line, from, from the neutral zone essentially, looking dead on. And you can see Kreider's skate hit the inside of Pedersen's skate, which pulls his legs apart and makes him trip over. It, it's clearly contact with the player. It's not Pedersen falling all on his own, and that adds to the frustration. All right, we'll get to more of your text messages on our Dunbar Lumber text inbox 65650. And I want to play a couple of Rick Talkett clips from After Hours as well. Uh, but before we do that, let's go back to the phone boards. We have Trevor waiting patiently to get on. Trevor, thanks for calling in. Uh, what are your thoughts this evening? Uh, hey, guys, how are you doing? Good, man. Uh, that, that's good. I uh, I was completely wrong about Talkett. I'm a, I'm a hockey connoisseur. I'm, I, uh, uh, I absorb a lot of hockey. And I uh, watched him a little bit in Arizona. I thought we were going to play a very boring style of hockey, but he surprised me with how uh, freewheeling but still structured he was. I thought we were going to win games 2-1, to one, and it was going to be the mid-2000s, like the 2020 version of the trap. But he surprised me a little bit. Were you at all worried about that? Because I know you guys watch a lot of hockey too. Because Arizona wasn't exactly fun when they were playing. Or is it just the talent that he had then? Hey, I uh, hear what you think. Yeah, for sure. Thanks for the phone call. That's Trevor calling in. I mean, I, I think Trevor nailed it right at the end. His personnel. I look at the teams he had in uh, Arizona and, and and in Tampa. Like that, that was yeah. still a growing group. It was had some but, talent, but it was a growing group. But like, you're headlined in Carolina, but by 22 year old Jacob Chikrin by a 22-year-old Clayton Keller, a still-developing Nick Schmaltz, Christian Dvorak, who was traded, and they were thrilled to get a first-round pick, OEL, which we're very familiar with, um, Derek Broussard was on that team, Michael Bunting yeah. uh, was, was still kind of in his growing pains, You know, Phil Kessel, at age 33, was on that team. A young Connor Garland the last year yeah, before he got it's, traded. It's, like, it's really not a who's who of studs on that team, and so he played a style that was as conducive as possible to try to get any sort of results. And, you know, I would say, like, they kind of hung around 500 uh, for a lot of Rick Tockett's tenure. Yeah, and they fought. I mean, they made the playoffs in a bubble year where yeah. they got in and, uh, and and did a little something. So it's a team that was that's obviously always worked very hard. I'd say, however... I do think a lot of their principles are similar in terms of he talks about staples, and a lot of that is also good smart puck management. But they, they are playing more. You're asking Elias Patterson to do it instead of Christian Devore. Exactly, and here's the other thing too: it's 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 it is more conservative in the sense of less risk taking. So yes, it is 
you know, lower event in that sense. But they want to be very aggressive with how they move the puck up the ice. And we've seen in terms of that play they make on the breakout where they get get it to the forward along the blue line. He's trying to hit a forward, screaming across, uh, across the uh, through the neutral zone with speed. They're trying to create zone entries with possession. Those are all things that lead to good offense, right? And also in the offensive zone, they want to be aggressive on the forecheck. They want to outman people on the puck. It's about having the personnel that can execute that. And if you do, it's not going to be the you know, sit back and trap it up hockey. It's front foot hockey. You're trying to outpace the opposition, play on top of the opposition. He always talks about the Vegas Golden Knights. Well, that's not a team that sits back. And that's how you want to play. Uh, 650, 650. I'm only going to address this because we've gotten multiple texts about it. Uh, the first one we got, sorry if I can't remember who you were, but now Sergio has also texted in a couple unsigned as well. Uh, a week ago, I would have checked myself into hospital for this text, but thoughts on re-signing Myers, 3x3 three three contract, solid third-line D-man. You know what I think you can do? Uh, just just celebrate these next 50-some-odd <laughs> games, yeah. right? Just, if, if, if he's wiped away some current concerns for you, then just, just applaud man. it. But I, I think this has a shelf life. It does. And I, I think it's hilarious, though. And I don't mean just Sergio's take because, I mean, not every, the thing is, we always refer to the fan base. They're not just one no, fan of course People not. have different takes That's and everything. That's why we welcome all the different exactly. opinions. I, I will say, though, we, we went from Tyler Myers is so bad that he shouldn't even play. Scratch they him. couldn't give him away. They can't was, trade him. Scratch him. Legitimately, it was like, hey. Could they open up the million dollar in cap space by putting them into yeah, the NHL? Yeah, it was. That was a real it reaction was. from fans. And they were saying they not only can they not get anything for him, they had to give something away to trade him. And then it became, hey, now he has value again, and now it's keep him and give him a contract. So Three it shows you, the, you know, it, it's the different phases of Tyler Myers. You know, you kind of go through the phases, uh, and I think that's where you're at. Marcus and Gibson's. But hey, uh, just really quickly, like, yeah, the reason that happens is. Credit when it's due. He's been really, really good these yeah. last couple of games. He has Great to see him bounce back. He really has. Uh, let's take, uh, take, do a couple more text messages, then we'll get to what Rick Talkett had to say. Marcus and Gibson's texters need to shut up about Demko not getting the start. Wow. It's smart, long-term thinking, finally by this club. Plus, DeSmith has been getting us points, too. That's Marcus and Gibson's. Yeah, I mean, DeSmith has picked up five out of possible six points as a backup goaltender. That's gravy. That's gravy. And again, the goal tonight, five on threes. Like, he's... <laughs> He's been really good. Yeah, he has been. Andrew in Ontario. Uh, shout out to Bavillier. Thought he skated very well tonight. Nice to have reliable depth and watching players to be put in positions to succeed. I agree with that. It's good to have depth. It's good to have players being put in positions to, to succeed. And I did think Bavillier stacked another strong game, especially on the forecheck, using his speed. He made some good defensive plays tonight. He was given shifts late. He was. to clean. I mean, that's how well he played. Clearly, you want more bottom line for a guy making $8 million. He has zeros across the board, still no goals, no assists. Four on this. million. Four million. That's what did, I, what did I say? Eight million. Eight million. Four million. Oh, wow. No, he's not making eight. Four million. Four million. For a guy making agent. four. I got to get, get that guy in the line. <laughs> yeah, maybe I was. No, I, well, no four million uh, yeah, for him. Your no, you know, Bavillia did pick up an assist tonight. My bad. He did pick up one tonight. Strong game from him. Yeah, yeah. but overall. Overall, he has one point. Really rated, yeah. yeah, but hey, he picked up a point. We talked about it. He finally got one. So uh, I, I do agree with those sentiments from Andrew in Ontario. We'll, we'll try to hit a few more text messages here before we get to Ian McIntyre as well. But we mentioned head coach Rick Tockett. A lot was made, and we've seen a big turnaround since that game against the Philadelphia Flyers. The head coach, without calling the team soft, called the team soft. He said, and I don't want to say that they're soft, but they're, they were essentially soft. Was it just what he said post-game? A scathing review from the head coach. Well, since then, the team has bounced back. But here's the head coach in after hours talking about what that word means, soft, to him and why it may get used. 
Yeah, I mean, I got I didn't mean it like soft in the sense. It's, it's to me, it's like getting in front of people. You don't have to kill people. You don't have to check, like hammer people. Yeah, would you like a, a great hit? Yeah, it's just getting in front of people and um, sacrifice a little bit of your game sometimes to get in front. And I, I, that's why I'm really excited about our team. I'm seeing that more and more every game. You know, guys that that probably don't do it regularly are doing it more and after. The best teams, look at Vegas. Mm-hmm. They're the benchmark, right? They are hard to play against. Yeah. They're, they're always in your way. You, can, you, know, you can't move. You know, your, your skates are always pointing. They're never pointing north, right? You're going this way, those way, because they're always in front of you. They're always you know, mucking you and stuff like that. So I think to win the Stanley Cup, you have to play that style. And obviously a little bit extra motivation when you go back to Philadelphia. I mean, you're a legend in Philly. That's a place for that game. You were a little bit extra <laughs> up for that one. Yeah. Hall of Famer and all that. So... That's kind of a place you don't want to see your team play that kind of a game. Yeah, the point is that loss had to sting even more because yeah. it happened in Philadelphia. Yeah, I know. And Keith Jones, a buddy of mine, yeah. he's the president. He came <laughs> yeah. down before the game, and you know he was, you know, you know, saying we're going to beat you and stuff like that. But yeah, it's one of those things. But if you look at that game, since then every game we've yep. improved. So yep. it is what it is. Uh, that is. Uh, the Canucks head coach Rick Tockett, and then you know he said, "Hey, I, I don't mean soft when I say soft." I said, "No, you, you probably did, but I understand." And you know why? I mean, the thing is, you don't want to double down and talk about that, especially when the team has won three in a row and it lost tonight. Coming off that, you know, he was frustrated or whatever. But you know, it's it's one of those things. You know, he 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 expects them to play a lot tougher, and they have as a team since. Oh man, so when I call you ugly, I don't mean like. <laughs> I'm just saying. When I say no offense, I'm not actually offending you. I swear, I always get offended when somebody says no offense. What's wrong? I said no offense. <laughs> That's what I said. I can say whatever I want. Six fifty, six fifty into the Dunbar Lumber text message inbox. Okay, uh, we had the call earlier talking about Zabinajad with the cut and the bleeding after the high stick. How come we didn't have to go off per the rule book? Uh, just went and reviewed the film of it. Uh, there is a medical staff kind of. Yeah, globbing them up there. Uh, so it, it does say um, in the rule book, as, as read the whole thing, if necessary, that it's got to be covered. So if they yeah. stop the bleeding, you can have a visible cut. Like we there. said, the missed call in overtime, egregious, egregious, should have been called. And uh, it's it's it really sucks that that a game like this, the outcome was decided on the final call. A lot, of, a lot of other moments in the game, I can understand the frustration, but I don't think they were as egregious. But that final call, it is inexcusable with how that went. Uh, we'll take some of your text messages here, but let's get back to what Rick Tockett also had to say. And when you look at the star players for this team, and you were mentioning this earlier, Vic, and in terms of believing that they are for real with how they're playing, and I think JT Miller's been fantastic, obviously, and we, we know how good Thatcher Demko has been. But the two young stars, the new captain, Quinn Hughes, and Elias Pedersen taking his game to the next level, they're the real backbone of this team mm-hmm. for the future as well. And the head coach uh, had a lot of praise for them in after hours. Here he is. Yeah, he's climbing the ladder. You know, he's, uh, he's, he's added that 200-foot game. Uh, he's penalty killing, obviously power play. Um, can pass as good as anybody in the league. You know, his trajectory is just going high. It's kind so of a real drive, too, right? He, yeah, he, he wants to be the best, yeah. you know, and he's, uh, you know, he's tired of losing, right? And he uh, he's, he wants to do something about it, So, uh, and he is. What about this guy, Quinn Hughes? Yeah, Huggy is your uh, captain. I mean, this guy's really turned it up a notch, hasn't he? He's a, he's a true hockey nerd, loves the yep. game of hockey. Look, look at his family, you know, I mean... It's incredible the, the, the family how they play. Um, he's been a, he's just been a terrific guy to work with. He worked out this summer 
you know, he, he was a great walk in the blind before, but he's, he, if you watch tonight, there's a couple of plays that he makes that he walks the blind. He, he, he was on the ice. I bet you he took two or three weeks off in the summer, and then he's one of those guys that just skates all summer, and he was working on working on uh, blue line packages, like amazing reps that he does. Hughes had 76 points last season, and he's picked up where he left off. Uh, nonetheless, a lot of experts are of the opinion that uh, for an undersized defenseman, he can get his points, but he's a defensive liability. There are no stats whatsoever to support that. So yeah. the question is, uh, why doesn't he get the respect yeah. he deserves? He, he, you know, he's got a chip on his shoulder. He can defend. Uh, Footy, uh, Adam Foote, the great uh, or, or D coach, he puts him out there against the best players. And uh, I don't know. I don't always go by plus minus, but he held he holds his own, and he he defends a different way. You know, mm. other you know bigger defense, they squash plays differently. He just uses it with his speed, yeah. his quickness, and his brains, and that's why he's uh, a great defender. You don't grow up with three hockey brothers and not be competitive either. <laughs> yeah, you know, he, he tells me all the time. They they battle all the time. Yeah, yeah who's gonna you know. And you know Jersey's starting to play really well, and they're you know they're going like so. He wants to you know he wants yeah. to get this team going where they can be as good as Jersey. That is Canucks head coach Rick Tockett after the game on After Hours, and uh, I mean you, you've seen the way Quinn Hughes has played tonight uh, overall this season, and again tonight, and Elias Pettersson, of course, with the ability he has, and I, I just think in general too, when you see the passion both those guys have tonight. You mentioned this too, post game after that call, the, the blown call. Pedersen's in the official's face; he's frustrated, and, and you're right. You, you like to see them, you know, be composed during the game, but also showing the level of, you know, want and desire to win to not go down silently after the game. That's been the biggest driving force. I know we, you know, spent some time talking about Hoaglander and, and guys in the bottom six, and they're important. They're playing their roles, but. Who's the tip of the spear right now for the arrow pointing for the Vancouver Canucks? It's your star players. That mm-hmm. that, that who is who it has to be. And Quinn Hughes, to me, just been phenomenal. Just been amazing. We're going to run out of words talking about that. That's why we need Ian McIntyre at the end of the night, just because he, he, he has all the great words, and he, and he forms them perfectly. And over the course of 82 and hopefully more games this season, we're, we're going to need to say a lot about Quinn Hughes because he's, he's leveling up. And he's he's doing fantastic. Yeah. Um, and Elias Pettersson again tonight in the defensive zone. Man, I thought he was spectacular. Yeah. Just amazing. It was just the the final little touch in the offensive zone that I wanted a little bit more than obviously on the penalty. Could have just done something better. But like, there's a reason he got 27 minutes tonight. Yeah, I think so too. I he mean, he was just bodying he guys. He was so committed, and you know when he's on the ice, you just know at some point. There's going to be a turnover, and your Vancouver Canucks are going to have the puck going the other way just because he he forces the opposition to such bad places, and he's, he's got such a clever mind, a sharp stick, and um, he's able to generate takeaways. Yeah, he has. I mean, and that's what we're seeing, too. And we're seeing also the responsibility that he has, generally speaking. When Quinn's not on the ice, he gets thrown out oftentimes with the, the second D pair, the third D pair, essentially not Hughes or Heronic. You see him be on the ice a lot, and it's because he's also very deep, helps with the breakouts, and, and does a lot of things in, in a huge positive way. Um, uh, 
a lot of text coming in too still though on on the game and it's funny because we've got a bit of everything this one says not going to sugarcoat it like you guys I was at the game Canucks would have won if it wasn't for the BS calls and missed call like Coach Holmgren said after the Super Bowl we knew we had to beat a good team but we didn't think we had to beat the referees too now that's one text this one says take your blue collar glasses off if that call was made against the Canucks we, we would be going nuts PD tries to sh- skate through a crowd and clips skates with Kreider don't think it's a penalty and don't think that's why they lost the game way too many positives to get hung up on this and i will say the the vibe in the arena was great i'd say that's the minority opinion and we saw that post game with with how many uh, how the fans were real loudly voicing their displeasure of that blown call mm-hmm. shade on the side of you know create goal scoring opportunities for, for for the officials right yeah um you know got to let star players be star players. And, like, there's contact there. I'm okay with that being a penalty. Um, well, especially with how they call. They call a lot of things. Like, it, if it was an infraction with they f- on the five-on-threes and everything, they called it. And that's a critical moment. So my, my thing is consistency here. And like I said, I don't have too many issues with uh, – any of the other calls tonight, except for that one, which I thought was one that should have been. It was, uh, made. It was just such a such a pivotal moment, and that's like, don't tell me you don't have the courage to make some big calls, right? Like the the too many men, you can grant some leniency already, having given a five on three. Are you gonna give another one? So you had the courage to make that big call. Don't tell me you don't have the courage to make a big call in OT. So what? The team goes down four on three. Well, you weren't you weren't you afraid of doing it. You weren't afraid of doing it. Putting a team down two men twice. Yeah. Now the other ones. Hey, the other ones. Hey, the ones over the glass. Yeah. Sure. Right. I'm just Gotta saying do that one. Mm-hmm. Just saying. Yeah. I'm not saying. I'm, and the other one was a too many men on the ice call, and it was a too many men. But oftentimes you see that call go that call go uncalled because the player's so far out and the team's already down one. But clearly too many men on the ice. But that final call is one. What has a lot of people jazzed up on our text inbox. And we'll get the thoughts of the man we call the triple threat on this. Too many men in the booth now. Too many men in the booth. Yes, we very well might be. But he, we call him the triple threat because you watch him on TV, you hear him on radio, you read him on digital. He is Ian McIntyre. wasn't sure I deserved <laughs> Showing up late as I did. Hey, we got you. Too many people in the booth. Okay. No, no, I, we, we like Lena in the booth. Oh, okay, that's too many of us. <laughs> yeah. All right, fair point. Fair point. Is there a way out of bad officiating? <laughs> I don't know that it was bad. No, with that fight. Okay. Honestly, I agree with you. I'm joking. I just made a joke there more than anything. I thought the only call that should have been that I was really upset about, or I'd say should have been, was the overtime one where Kreider clips Patterson. Yeah, did Kreider deliberately clip Patterson, or did Patterson cut across him and their skates touched? I mean, I haven't looked at it like this. The Zapru- tree fall. I haven't tree looked falls. at it like I haven't looked at it like the Zapruder film, frame by frame. There's a, there's it, a, to me, it was a, a toss-up call. Like, you could make that call or you could not make that call. And because it's the National Hockey League, those calls are usually managed, so you're probably mm. not going to get that call with the game on the line like that. Yeah. Like, he hits the inside of his skate. Like, uh, I, I, I don't Yeah. He does... He Because he kind of lifts it off the ice, I'm... kind of got to be in control of that. Yeah. 
We're all there. Is it really a film? I'm watching it now. Yeah, we do you have know. the Zapruder film. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, I, it's easy to look on the replay, right? But I saw it in real life. I, I looked like he got tripped up and it should have been called. To me, that's the moment, though. Because, I mean, I, I think we can sit here and debate this, whether it should have been called or not, and bad call or whatever. The Canucks, however, also had some undisciplined moments tonight. Moments tonight too. You know, they had the puck over the glass. They had uh, the high stick. Too many men on the ice uh, a couple times. So they had some moments where they didn't help themselves. Uh, but obviously, a tough ending to the game. Yeah, it was. And I think, I think as far as the calls, it's the in combination. So I, I've just said that mm-hmm. I'm fine with them letting that go, and that it can be one right. of those calls that's managed. Uh, in the NHL. But if it's going to be managed, then you should have managed the too many men penalty as well. Right. And and there was miscommunication between Joshua and Pedersen because Pedersen looked like he was going to skate back yeah. in the play and he saw Joshua jumping on. So then he swerved left. Um, uh, I don't think that Joshua really impacted the play, did he? Well, After four guys were on. back inside the blue line. Yeah, and, and Pedersen's still in the defensive zone. That's why it's like, he, he probably doesn't deliberately impact, but it's mm. like... He's in neutral. He's at the blue line, right? Or he's yeah. at the red line, just past the red line when he makes... It, like, he's not really impacting the play at all at that point. Mm-hmm. But it is technically too many men, but he's not impacting the play. Yeah. I mean, it's the kind of call, what did Talkett say? I mean, Talkett said three feet. I'd like to buy real estate from him if he could get, get that much for the cost of three feet. Well, if but, Rick Talkett says, hey, to me, three feet is six feet, you're not going to say no to him anyways. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, it was a lot more than six feet. Yeah. But I think, his, I think his point was valid that often you see them let, yeah. let that go. And especially... You know, penalty killing mm-hmm. as well. That if because one guy, it's usually apparent. It's almost like the lacrosse change. You know, where one guy's kind of getting near one end of the bench, right, and yeah, the guy yeah. going on is well on from the other end of the bench. That's sometimes what it. It's generally what it's like uh, killing penalties. But I also think you know, for all this talk about it, and you know, it, it misses a bigger point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the bigger point is that the Canucks just outplayed a legitimate Stanley Cup contender on their first back-to-back at the end of a week where they finished a long road trip with an impressive win in Nashville mm-hmm. and then came home and steamrolled the St. Louis Blues, who may or may not be a playoff team, but they're not an easy out, typically, under Craig Berube and, and the players that they have. And then they come back tonight against a team that's been rested, or at least more rested than they are, and and outplayed them at five on five. And still with you know the the adversity and the calls that went against them, found a way to get a point. But the bigger thing is just it's another you know, these these are early days and we mm-hmm. talked about this last night. These are still early days for this team and Rick Tockett and whatever they're gonna be. And each of these challenges is revealing in how does the team meet it? Like, mm-hmm. you know, do, do, do they meet pressure with pressure, as right. Talkett likes to say? Well, tonight they, they certainly did. Yeah. You know, they, they deserve better. But the fact that their process was as, as good as it was, holding the Rangers to just 13 shots through two periods, 22 uh, shots mm-hmm. in a 64-minute game, you know, it was... It was to me a another test aced uh, by this mm-hmm. team. 
Yeah, so what are the like the next test? Obviously, Tuesday, but just, just like what other markers are we saying? Like, hey, they got to knock away this doubt that still exists in the fans' minds or our minds. Because here's a back to back; they did it, right? And still defensively, they're still sound. I'm just curious, like, what's the next thing that creeps up for us? Well, the thing is, is consistency mm-hmm. and and ha- playing with the hunger and the drive that they've shown mm-hmm. these last three games. Well, doing that for you know 13 games in a row instead of three in a row. And and you know finding finding ways not to have not to have a lull, not to have complacency, not to not to be tired. And I'm sure tonight they were tired, but it's, as Tyler Meyer said, you they told themselves drive through it, mm-hmm. you know, drive your legs and get through it. So you know it, there there's individual things that I find interesting because it is so early in the evolution of this team and tonight was one of those interesting things like how they would handle a back-to-back after having a pretty good week you know is was it enough for them mm-hmm. to beat st louis five nothing and and nashville three two is it three two nashville mm-hmm. yes because i just wrote that <laughs> i didn't check it but i made it that was a good call um and just like you know early in the year it I found it interesting how they played in Edmonton in Game Two after beating them eight-one in the opener. Like, how do they how do they respond to to a really positive outcome? We haven't seen that very mm-hmm. much in the last few years. And then, how do they respond to the game in Philadelphia where they just were awful? You know, and so all of these things are are, are interesting. But in in the end, they just have to build. A game and a culture where they can play games like tonight and games like last night and games like Nashville, and that becomes the norm. That becomes the expectation, and we're not. Hopefully, we're all impressed by it if they yeah. if they get to that. But we shouldn't be in awe, like, oh my goodness, do you see how well they play? They beat St. Louis five nothing, you know, because if they have that kind of culture and execution and effort and discipline and all these things you need then it's not going to you know the surprise effect is going to wear off like right now i think a lot of people around the national hockey league are surprised they're they're five two and one but if they keep playing this way and they go five two and one in the next eight that's going to be a lot less surprising than what these first eight were and the next eight after that but to do that it's all about consistency and finding a way to bring the intensity and the mm-hmm. preparation and all these other things for for each game we had a question about sustainability in terms of can the canucks realistically expect these types of efforts and the reason why i said yes it's not because they're playing hard but it's not like they're maxing out 10 out of 10 we're giving everything we have every single shift just to hang on they're playing controlled hockey they're playing smart hockey but they're playing aggressive hockey and i think that's the encouraging part we talked yesterday about how in theory this should keep getting better as the season goes on but you could argue that tonight was their best game considering the circumstances second of a back-to-back how good the opponent was and they're getting better and better very quickly in terms of getting to their a game but i think that's a big part of this that what we're watching isn't yes their shooting percentage is high but especially these last four games this is a team that is trending in the right direction and getting stronger yeah and you know another thing that tyler meyer said tonight and i i don't know if he said this in the scrum because i waited i waited him out and talked to him briefly after he said the the most impressive thing to him was that they just 
kept playing their game when they were you know down one nothing and then they finally got a puck past Shesterkin on the power play to tie mm-hmm. it and then and then they were down uh 3-2 and there was a lot going on he said they just kind of they have this trust now in how they need to play and you know we wouldn't have seen that before in fact you know we might not have seen it last week and i'm not being facetious but mm-hmm. if you think about some of the early games and and you know they gave up uh i think they averaged 40 shots in games two three and four if i'm correct the 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 game they played in edmonton uh the game they played in philadelphia uh and then the game they played in Tampa, averaged 40 shots against sorry so it it was starting to feel at times like last season it's like 39.3 but you're right, right. last yeah. season Close e- enough. even though even though um you know the the system was much stronger but they were still giving up all these shots and what else was happening during that time in almost every game i think in their first five because you include the florida game they had these periods where they were just dominated like they were barely hanging on and they got great goaltending and they had a little stronger system in their own end that helped them survive those spells but they were having these periods where they were just not competitive with the other team they were resilient which is a, a good trait but now these last three games have they had any periods like that was there a spell tonight where it felt like, boy, the Rangers are too much for them? No, they're, the only, th- uh, no, not the only thing I noticed was at the end of the third where you could see the fatigue was setting in a little bit. But outside of that, yeah, that was it. Yeah, and yet they came out in overtime. Yeah. They outshot them six two and mm-hmm. could have won the game uh, a cup two or three times before before the skate on skate trip. So, to me. Uh, you know, at this stage, again, because we're early, we're seeing progress, uh, a lot of it, in a hurry. And, and you know, that's going to slow, to your point, Bick, about what comes next. We're not going to see, you know, they're not going to be twice as good next week right. as they were this week. But it's again, not exponential. It, it's, uh, right. But it's about now they've, they've had these really impressive games, really impressive moments, and, but now it's got to be built in. Now it's got to be not the exception so that two months from now we're, we're talking about, hey, remember how, how impressive they were in those back-to-backs against St. Louis and the Ranger? Because they'll have had other impressive performances. Mm-hmm. We'll be le- less impressed but, or less surprised but hopefully impressed by some, some other performances. It's all about now consistency. They've shown they can do it. Now they just have to keep doing it. And, you know, nobody can do it for 82 games, but can they do it for – for 70 can they do it for 62 games just to to back you up on the 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 shots on goal thing so it was 39.3 on goal the last three games if i've done my math someone can fact check them fact check on me i think attempts all strength it's 43.6 over the last three games all attempts yeah that's that's That's, a remarkable change it's a big turnaround and that's against let's say two middle of the pack teams mm-hmm. in Nashville and St. Louis and a top 10 maybe even a top 8 team mm-hmm. in in the Rangers so that's that's 
to me, that's pretty impressive. Yeah, it is very impressive. And hopefully these good performances become normalized as opposed to the bad ones. And that would make for a fun season. Great start so far to the campaign. Unfortunately, Canucks can't get the victory tonight, but 5-2-1 and one on the season. He is Ian McIntyre. Read his latest on sportsnet.ca. Great stuff as always. And I look forward to chatting with you again on Tuesday. I will look forward to that. Who knows what that game will bring. Oh, hopefully a lot more excitement and fun. And it's been a good start so far. You know what? It is fun. And that's a different dynamic right? for all of yeah. us, right? Well, it, certainly. It's nice that the narrative is different. We'll see if they can keep it up. They only have 74 games to go. <laughs> <laughs> only 74. Well, hey, who's counting? Uh, if they're fun, then it, it's, it goes down a lot easier. He's, but you know the phrase of like, hey, do you remember the good days when they are in the good days? We should remember these moments a, right yeah. now. Enjoy these good yeah. moments. You, you never know. All right. He's Bick Nazar. Thanks to Ian McIntyre. Thanks to Lena here at the station, uh, here at the rink, and also uh, Eddie back at the radio station. And thanks to all of you for listening and participating in the show. We're taking off. Bick and I are heading to Seattle to watch the Cleveland Browns and the Seattle Seahawks tomorrow. And we'll chat with you soon on the Home of Canucks, Sportsnet 650.